This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Hello, Rowanna, with you, five past nine. I've got Darren Thorpe alongside me from All The Dirt podcast and a good friend of us here at Roots and Shoots. Sab's away at the moment. She's away for the next couple of weeks. We'll jump into Roots and Shoots in just a moment, but we've got a little bit of important information we need to share. Uh, One of those things for those particularly living in the suburb of Wooroloo, West Australian Police have uh, just released an announcement saying they are urging people to stay inside and lock their doors following a firearm incident in the Perth suburb suburb of Wooroloo. Specialist police units are responding to the incident near the intersection of Needham Road and Moorabba. I'm not sure if I've said that right. Apologies if I haven't. Close. Um, So please just be aware of that. If you're in that area, you've been urged to stay inside and lock your doors. We'll keep you updated if that advice changes um, within the next hour. Mickey's also got some important information for us. ABC Radio Emergency Information. A bushfire emergency warning is still in place for people in an area bound by Matthews Road in the north, Scarp Road in the east, Hines Road in the south and the southwestern highway in the west in parts of North Dandalup and western parts of Myra and the Shire of Murray. There is a threat to lives and homes. Homes in Reeds Roads are under threat by fire now. If the way is clear, leave now for a safer place, but if you're not at home, it's too dangerous to return. Firefighters are on the scene with aerial support to protect those homes. And there is also a bushfire watch and act for northern parts of Nambalup, western parts of Keysbrook and the Shire of Murray. That's in place for people west of Hopeland Road to Yangdiggy, Yangedi Road and south of Elliott Road to Kilman Cottage in northern parts of Nambilup and western parts of Keysbrook in the Shire of Murray. There is a possible threat to life and home as the fire is approaching in the area and it's moving fast in a westerly direction. You can keep up to date by visiting Emergency WA, calling DFES on 13 or stay tuned to your local ABC radio and I'll give you updates in about 15 minutes. Thanks. The holiday season is fast approaching, but for many, the rising cost of living and financial hardship has hit hard. That's why the ABC and Vinnie's WA have joined forces to help those in need. ABC Gives has raised millions of dollars for people in need around Australia. Let's build on that so that more Australians can celebrate this holiday season. Donate today at abc.net.au slash gives. Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Darren Thorpe, hello to you. Hello. Oh, it's lovely to be back again. It's so nice to have you back in the studio. And as always, you come bearing gifts. Well, the garden's looking good. Um, <laughs> it's hot again today. So I went out this morning. I picked the last of the sweet peas. Um, the sweet peas, you will notice that um, the sweet peas in Perth normally have quite short stems. And that's because we don't get the, the cold in the growing season that they like to make long stems. And I've also brought in the easiest lily to grow in Perth, or one of the easiest. <laughs> you it's, know me, Darren. It's Lily Longiflorum. Um, long because it's actually got very long um, flowers. So they're white. Um, they've got a most beautiful scent. And I just bought one little bulb. It's at your rhizome. I bought one, put it in the ground, and now I have a patch about a metre square. And it just grows up through my roses and smells delicious and it looks beautiful. Oh, fantastic. I'll get Mickey Cusack to jump into the studio and take a snap of us and your beautiful flowers at some stage and put them up on the socials so people can appreciate that. Unfortunately, I can't share with you 
the gorgeous fragrance. Yeah, well, we from the know sweet, sweet, sweet peas. peas. <laughs> and, and, the, and the longer florum. Um, that lily has mm. the most lovely scent. Have a big bunch near the TV. And last night it was intoxicating. <laughs> Much better than what I was watching. <laughs> uh, good stuff. We have got a full bank of calls, Darren. 1300 720. You might even just need to scribble that number down and keep trying if the lines are full. We've got a heap of texts. And since you were last in here, we've got the system back up and working. Yay! So people can send their photos easily attached. And as you can see, every text that's coming through at the moment seems to have an attachment with it, which is beautiful. So we'll get to those as well. But let's jump in with the callers. Vicky uh, is in Coogee and she can get us underway. Hi, Vicky. Good morning, both of you. Thank you for taking my call so oh, early. We, we love. So tell us, you've got something <laughs> happening with your, is it a native wisteria you've got? Yes, I've got a, a large verge. Mm-hmm. Um, a corner verge, mm-hmm. which I've planted um, natives, mm-hmm. and it's got, I've got a large limestone wall, and I was I planted the um, hardened verges. There was about three or four of them on the verge, not specifically to climb the wall, and, and thought of that somewhat later. However, it's taking over. They, they take over every other thing, and just about strangle everything because they're so voracious. Yep. Um, so although they are growing up the wall, they're also taking over other plants, and I've spent quite a bit of time, you know, trying to pull it out of um, gelatin wax. Yep. And um, I don't know whether I'm losing the battle, whether there's any way that I can contain it to, to sort of grow up the wall only. I, um, I doubt there is. No, there's no way. But, You've just got to do exactly what you're doing, get out there with the secateurs and cut it back. I mean, Hardenbergias are, you know, scrambling plants. I mean, we're pretty lucky. I don't know whether you've got the Comptoconia, which is the local one from down south, Hardenberger Comptoconia. Um, there's also one from over east, which often they sell, which is a Hardenbergia violacea. Um, so sometimes with the violacea, you can get a more shrubby form um, available for sale. So I'd start to look out for that one. Um, but otherwise, it's just the secateurs. Okay. Okay. If I did have to kill it, which I don't want to, mm-hmm. um, what what would you suggest would be a good replacement that wasn't so voracious that would climb up a wall? It's um, east facing. I'm thinking most of our local area natives <coughs> are quite like the canidia, the black canidia. You could try that. All of them get to be quite, you know, our natives. You know, they really want to climb. They really want to go. But you could have a look at have a look at the canidia, the black canidia, which is um, yeah, quite quite amazing because it has these black flowers. Good luck, Vicky. Good luck, Vicky, and thanks for giving us a call this morning. Let's head to Sebastian, who's on the canals at Yunderup. Hello, Sebastian. Oh, good morning to you, Rowena, and to Darren. Morning. You, you're interested in growing a Ponciano, is that right? I am, but I'm a little bit in trepidation about it um, when I look at the invasive uh, root systems that they have, and I'm really just looking at the pros and cons for in my area. I've got about a 3.5-metre to the house area and uh, or point and then a three metre to a reta- limestone retaining wall point. Is that sufficient to house all the roots that it might grow? The roots I'm not as worried about but the poinciana is such a wide tree. I mean a poinciana would be uh, fully grown, you know, we're looking 12 metres wide. I mean they are super, super wide. So is that oh, going right. to work? 
Yeah, probably not because it would um, uh, cut out some of the view for the neighbours and those type of things. So, yeah, no, that's a pity. You can't trim them down or or keep them trimmed at all when (laughs) young. Um, Well, when they're young, you can keep them (laughs) trimmed very easily. It's not now that I'm worried about. It's in 10 years' time when your neighbours are irate because they can't see the water (laughs) anymore. It's it's a bit like a kid to a teenager, isn't it? Really, you can't trim them down. Yeah, not sure. It's, or it's like buying a puppy dog with big feet and hoping that it's not going to be a big dog. All right, and just as as an aside, the soil type um, would would that be what would it need? In well, it would type? need it would need okay? it would need rich it would would need rich soil. My neighbour's got one. I'm in Mount Lawley, and it grows okay. Yeah. But it, they are very. Um, they seem dieback can be a problem, so you've got to oh, work, watch okay. out for that. But, yeah, so I would really be getting in, adding some clay, adding some compost into the soil before I planted out any tree. But maybe poinciana isn't the one for you. Have a look at crepe myrtles. Pretty- They're beautiful. Oh, great. You've led me in the right direction. Thank <laughs> <Okay>. you so much. <laughs> Perfect, Sebastian. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. Hello to Norm, who's in Marmion. Good morning, ladies. How are you going? Good. We're good, but you've got a sad story. Tell us. Yeah, well, I've got a jacaranda bonsai that has got lots and lots of leaves, or nice, a nice bunch of leaves, but it's not getting any flowers. What am I giving it too much of or not enough of? Okay. Now, um, is it being grown in full sun? Yes, it is. Okay. Now, the one thing about jacarandas is most of them are seed-grown, and how well they flower often depends on their own genetics. Um, I've actually got one on my verge that doesn't flower as well as others down the street, which really I find super frustrating. (laughs) It does flower, but not a lot. Um, So that's one of the problems. Um, I don't think it will be about what you're giving it because some of the best-flowering ones, um, you know, don't get Match at all, so I don't think. I mean, we I can say sulfate sulfate of potash, which is what gardeners always say to promote flowering. But I don't think that is going to be the problem. I think it's genetics. Okay, okay, no problem. Now the second one is I've got a pawpaw tree that has been over the years producing lots of uh, lots of fruit, but for the last couple of years it's got tall and skinny with small leaves at the very top and and hardly any fruit. Same question. Right. No, um, they have a short life. So they're, you know, they're productive. They get all fungal diseases. What I would be doing would be putting a new one in. Um, yeah, they, ha- they have a short, a short life and they'll get less and less productive. Eventually it will die. So I would, before it dies, you know, be proactive, go and get a new one, get a bisexual one. Um, that way you won't have to have two. Lovely. Thank you for your help. Pleasure. Good on you, Norm. Thanks very much. Gary is in Mount Barker. Now, before we go to Gary, last week, garlic was much of the topic of our conversation. Well, I did listen in last week because, as you know, I'm pretty keen on listening and learning about gardening too. And he had super spicy garlic, if I remember rightly. Yeah, there was conversation about super spicy garlic. And Gary wants to follow on from that conversation. Hello, Gary. How are you, Rowena and uh, Darren? We're good. We're good. good. Good, good. Um, yeah, we, when I pull my garlic out of the garden, straight out of the garden, well, we use it straight away, go in and crush it. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we find that is very, very, very hot when it's, um, when it's straight out of the garden. Right. But if you let it cure, it's not, if you dry it out, it's not hot, not spicy at all. Yeah. Oh, so maybe it's being eaten good. too early. That's a good tip. Yeah, yeah. But, 
yeah, you can eat it early, but yes. it has got a lot of bite in it. And it's a bit like chilli, yeah, but it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh, that, that makes perfect sense because when you pull it out of the garden, obviously it's yep. really juicy because, of course, it yep. hasn't. you haven't Correct. dried it out. So Correct. that makes yep. perfect sense. And actually when I think about myself, because I grow garlic, yep. Everyone should grow garlic. It's the most expensive <laughs> herb out there and so easy yep. to grow in our climate. Um, it's Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so that's, yeah. I hadn't thought, thought about it properly like that, but yeah. that's the answer. So, so there you go. Yeah, so it's, yeah, and like you said, it is very, very juicy, mm. very juicy. Mm. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, so. Solving mysteries oh, well, for yeah. us on a Saturday uh, morning, yeah. Gary. We appreciate Are it. the listeners the no best? No worries, Rowena and Darren. <laughs> no worries, you, it is. You're right, Darren. It's so good the way our listeners, if you know yourself or Sab or whoever it might be, doesn't have the answer for every question, someone no. will call up yeah. and, and know the details. Let's get to some of your texts now, 0437 If you want to jump on the phone, though, you still can, 1300 222 Hi, Darren. Our Kaikuyu lawn has big patches of dead winter grass. Is there anything I can do now or after summer, says Kath, who's in Mandra. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I presume what has happened when she says winter grass, maybe she had the weed that came up and it's dying off. And I can see, right, what I would be doing, um, I actually spoke to a lawn expert this week on my podcast. So, right. um, yeah, I, You're I, fully briefed on this fully topic. Briefed. And, and <laughs> we were talking about the best way to look after patches that aren't doing well. First thing to do is to get out the fork you know, the garden fork and uh, make some holes in it and then apply a wetting agent over all the patches that aren't doing well. And to be honest, it's summer now and if you haven't applied a wetting agent to your whole garden, it's the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you need to go out and buy some good um, lawn mix, Um, just a bag of it um, and put it all over um, the spots it's not um, looking good and just sort of rake it in a bit with one of those really cheap plastic rakes and give it a good water and that should come good again. It just, what's going to happen is all those good runners are going to want to go into that good soil where it's nice and wet and they'll and they'll take, take over, over really quick. Excellent. Thank you, Kath, for your text. Um, Sarah says, hi, Darren and Rose, sending a pic of a vine on the fence of my friend's rental in Broome. Any clues on what it might be? She's wondering if it's edible and how to care for it if it's not a weed. Any suggestions for that um, one? I, do you think that um, we're looking at it? It's mm. got these little heart-shaped, elongated heart-shaped leaves. And then are those yellow pom-pommy things? Do you think they could be the flowers, Rowena? Possibly. But if it is, I have to say I haven't seen I don't know what it is. So what we've got to do is save that one for mm. Sab because she's probably better at the tropicals because she spent a she bit spent, of time yeah. up north. I actually, Sab and I had a plant conversation this week. Oh. We send each other <laughs> pictures of things we're not sure what they are to see if we can um consult the brains trust yeah 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 well we're yeah sometimes sometimes we don't know so i'm not sure that's all right might know but i could we could both have a bit of a think about it this week stay with us sarah and we might need to be listening in next week but we will get an answer for you um and find out just exactly what that is now karen is in double view she sent us a text on zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty 
Good morning. I just bought this Lomandra but didn't notice the concertina leaves until I got home. <laughs> it's mainly on the new growth, but a couple of the taller leaves have a small amount in the middle. Is it a disease or the people at the nursery practising their fine motor skills? <laughs> what do you think? I think it could have been someone at the nursery, maybe not the maybe not the horticulturalist, maybe yeah. someone going past and sort of um, bending it together. When I first read this, I thought, <laughs> and I hadn't seen the photo, I thought it might be something called fasciation, which is something that can happen to plants, which right. flattens the stems, but you can't flatten the stem of this lamandra anymore because it's already Oops. flat. So I actually, um, I don't think it's anything at all to worry about. Um, it'll outgrow it. Um, it looks like a good, healthy plant. And anyone looking for a strappy leaf plant that does super well in our climate, lamandra is the one for you. They're really good. Um, don't mind a bit of shade. Don't mind the sun. Mm. Water-wise, excellent. And they're Australian. Thank you, Karen. Um, Jan would like to know if you can grow garlic in a pot. She lives in a unit. You can grow garlic in a pot. So the time we plant garlic is normally March, uh, March, April. I normally plant mine in April because it can be super hot still in March. Um, um, premium potting mix, which you'd boost up with um, some extra fertiliser. Um, and it's very easy to grow. You just um, buy Australian garlic. has to be Australian. Anything coming in would have been irradiated to kill it. Um, break off the individual cloves and pop them in. And the good thing about garlic is you can plant it really close together, so 10 centimetres apart. So you, you can fit a few in a pot. Okay, perfect. Um, Daniel, All the Dirt Podcast is the name of uh, Darren's podcast where she was having a conversation about lawn this uh, week. Well, the, the lawn one isn't up yet. Um, oh. I think the current one is on Heritage Roses, which I did. Um, I've been getting some done because I'm also off to New Zealand ah. um, at the end of the week. So you have to get some. So I do it with a guy called Steve Wood. We've been going for five years. We've had almost 1.7 million downloads. Wow. And we're more popular on the East Coast than we are in WA. <laughs> so um, if you're in WA, um, help boost our numbers here. <laughs> all, all the debt is what it's called. Um, have you grown quinoa? No, I've never grown quinoa. Do you know if when you can grow quinoa in Perth? And can you grow from a seed in a package from a supermarket is what Pearl would like to know. Well, it depends whether they've treated it because okay. what some of the quinoa we buy has been treated it treated because it's super bitter. You've got to actually rinse it a lot. Right. So think of where it grows naturally. It grows in the Andes um, mm. where it's um, cool. So if I was trying to grow quinoa, I think we would probably plant it in the cooler times of the year. But I've never grown it. But that could be homework and I could send you a message this week. That sounds perfect. Thank you, Pearl, for your text. Let's get back to a few more of your calls. Sunny's in Caratha. Hello, Sunny. Yeah, good day. How are you going? Good. We're good. What's happening with your mango? Tell us. Um, I'm curious. Um, all the mango trees in around town are absolutely loaded with mangoes, and I've only got five of mine. I've been ripped off. <laughs> How big is your tree? Uh, she'd be about probably 12 or yeah, 10 metres tall. Oh, big. And how, oh, so it's old. And is it a particular variety? Is it a Kensington Pride or? I think it's just, yeah, it's that one there. Yeah. It's 14 years old. Right. Last season, last season we had a good fruit. Um, but this one here, we've only just got five mangoes on it. Okay. So how have you treated it? Have you given it any good love? Um, yeah, plenty of water. 
Penny, what, what about food? No food. Well, come it's on. Hungry. It's hungry. <laughs> Look, well, Ina's now becoming the expert. So I would be, um, I mean, you can't do any more for, you know, for this this this, yeah, this yeah. lot. But I would actually be going out, buying a bag of um, compost and putting that all around its drip line over the roots. And I will be giving it some fertiliser, one, that, um, one that's got... Um, um, you know, a complete trace elements. Give it everything um, because yep. anything that you're feeding and you're going to eat off, you want to buy a fertiliser that's got all the trace elements in because the plants take it up. And I just say, you know, unless you have a tissue and you know, your own body tissue analyzed. We don't know what we're deficient in, but if you're giving your plants that you grow at home, your vegetables and your fruits, all of the trace elements, and then you eat them, um, it's going to be good for you because you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to get anything that your body's deficient in. Yep, yep. No, cool. All right. So I'll give it a that. go and be kind to your trees. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Sunny. And in the meantime, sounds like everyone else has got a few mangoes to share. You're yeah, just... that's fine. Yeah, I'll yeah. a couple of them all good. Yeah. Yeah. Swipe a couple. <laughs> yeah. uh, good on you. Thanks for giving us a call. <laughs> Let's go to Rhonda, who's in Valdivis. Hey, Rhonda. Hi. Um, just a uh, query. We've, I know you just talked about winter grass. Yep. And thanks, thanks for taking my call. Um We've been away for a few weeks. Every time we go away, we come home to a lawn full of winter grass. Yep. Um, my husband has sprayed it previously and killed the whole lawn. So is there any product that we can get to spray without killing the whole lawn? There is. I know you can't mention products. But... <laughs> no, there are products. And if you go in, they are winter grass specific and they actually have a pre-emergent in them. So they actually kill the seeds before they come up. But... So you'll easily be able to find them and there's two buts. The first one is now is not the time to spray because now if you mow the lawn, you'll be removing the lawn seeds. Um, You're going to have to compost that well or um, get rid of it. Don't let that lawn um, go back onto the, you know, the clippings go back onto the lawn. That's the first but. And the second but, um, I spoke with Darren Kirkwood from the WA Turf Growers, WA Turf Growers Association this week. And he was saying that all of the winter grass sprays are becoming less effective. Um, the winter grass is building up a resistance to it. Um, and he would know because that's his world. So um, I have, um, you know, tried the winter grass sprays and they do reduce it, but normally um, there'll be such a burden of um, weed that it's hard to get it all. Mm, okay. So yeah. it's not that's, the answer you wanted. Very... No, no. <laughs> and like you said, to make sure we don't let the foot, I mean, because, you know, I know that if we mow that it's, the seeds are all going to go back onto the lawn. Yeah, so. you, you've got to get the catcher out. Yeah, okay then. Yeah, thank you very much. For Good your on help. you, Rhonda. Um, text coming through here. Quinoa is a grain crop. It can be grown in Perth, but it's a sook of a crop that needs lots of love and care. And then if you get summer rain, it can ruin it. You also need a lot. You wouldn't grow your own oats. That's from Cece. Thank you. Well, Cece, no. So now I don't have to do the homework. Exactly. How, how good is that? Um, yeah. Quinoa is grown as a commercial crop in WA. There we go. Our listeners chiming in and solving the problems for us um, as they do. You wouldn't grow your own wheat either, would you? I mean, you know. I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't grow, I wouldn't grow it either. <laughs> and actually, I do know um, a guy um, 
who, who was on the TV, Matthew Evans, he grew his own wheat to make his own loaf of bread and he said it was the most it was the most hard, difficult process. And he did make his own loaf of bread. They said it was lovely and he's really <laughs> pleased he did it, but he would never do it again. <laughs> he ticked it off his bucket list, yep, never right. to never to do it again. Uh, John's given us a call. Hello, John. Oh, hi. Um, I'm out in the wheat belt mm. and um, our water's a bit harsh so we've, and it's mainly a native garden and we've mulched all the garden. But we've got an absolute plague of African black beetle. Like you pull the mulch aside, you could get a handful of the beetle yep. itself. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, I was going to use aspirin, uh, but that's a lawn applicant. Um, insecticide, but what would you recommend? I would recommend using something softer. Um, I because the beetles are most there's some really good products on the market that will kill the larvae. So there's quite a few products on the market that will kill the beetle larvae, not the beetles, but that will of course break the cycle. Yep. And they're quite soft actually. They're good on the environment. I can't tell you the names, yep. but if we'll get Mickey sure. to um, get make sure that she saves your um, phone number, and I will send you a text as soon as I get home. Um, so sometime after ten, with the oh, name brilliant. of what I will be buying. All right, John, if you can okay. hold the line, I'm just going to put you back on hold. Bear with us. Mickey's got an important job to do and then um, she'll come back out and um, be able to get those details so that we can help you out out of session, as they say. Mickey, welcome back to the studio. Some more important information for us. ABC Radio Emergency Information. I've just got the latest information regarding two fires in the Shire of Murray that were started by lightning strikes this morning. Firstly, the emergency warning remains in place for people in an area bound by Matthews Road in the north, Scarp Road in the east, Hines Road in the south and the Southwestern Highway in the west in parts of North Dandalup and western parts of Myra in the Shire of Murray. You're in danger and you need to act immediately to survive. There is a threat to lives and homes with properties in Reeds Road under threat now. If the way is clear, leave now for a safer place and leaving in a westerly direction is recommended. The bushfire is out of control and un- unpredictable, moving in a westerly direction. Aerial support is now in use to help protect homes. There is also a watch and act warning for the area of Hopeland Road to Yangedi Road and south of Elliott Road to Kilman Cottage in northern parts of Nambalup and western parts of Keysbrook in the Shire of Murray. There is a possible threat to lives and homes as the fire is approaching in the area. If you're not prepared or you plan to leave, leave now. The way is clear. The bushfire is moving fast in a westerly direction. And there is a new watch and act warning that has been issued for people travelling or hiking along or near Albany Highway and Miller's Log Road. The fire started near the intersection of Albany Highway and Miller's Log Road. The bushfire is moving fast in a westerly direction. It is out of control and unpredictable. You can keep up to date by visiting Emergency WA or calling DFES on 13337. Stay tuned to ABC Local Radio with updates also being posted to your local ABC Facebook page. And the next update will be in 15 minutes. Good on you, Mickey. Thank you very much. She's working hard today. Hey, isn't she? She is. She's um, putting in the hard yards. She always does. She does yeah. all the hard work and <laughs> I take all the glory. But, um, no, she's a, she's a jet. Um, she'll be back with you, as she said, in 15 minutes. Let's go to Rob on our way to Sab's Pick of the Week. Hello, Rob. Hello. Rob, you've got problems. Tell me about them. As long as they're related to gardening, that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, as long as it's to do with the plum. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I've, I've got a, a, mag, a small uh, magnolia in a pot. Mm-hmm. 
and it was very healthy, looked very glossy, green leaves and all the rest of it. Uh, we've potted it in a slightly larger pot because it looks a bit small for it. And, uh, and then within a couple of days, some of its leaves have turned brown and, and since then uh, a, a lot more have turned brown uh, and the really dry brown as well, uh, crispy. And the other leaves are still glossy green, but some of those have fallen off as well. Okay, right. I think it could have been that there was some um, a lot of fertiliser in the mix that you used, and that's possibly um, what's happened. So it's probably burnt some of the roots. But I'll tell you what you need to do. Um, I presume it's an evergreen one. Is that, um, I mean, it would be. It, you've got, it is an evergreen one, isn't it? Like... Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I wouldn't know. Okay, I bet, I bet you it is. We don't grow many of the deciduous ones here because they're even harder to grow. <laughs> um, so I would be going out to your nursery and buying an anti-transparent spray. Um, there's a few different, um, there's three I've seen on the market now. So what they are is an acrylic polymer that you actually spray on the leaves and they'll have either the word drought or stress in their name and that will actually help at losing moisture i would be watering it only with some sea seaweed solution so that will actually help to thicken the cell walls and everyone listening in this is the time now to be using seaweed in your garden um, the seaweed solutions there's quite a few on the market um, it will really help to thicken those cell walls and help your plants withstand heat and this week i also went out and did I've got a couple of things in my garden that don't like summer. I sprayed using that anti-transparent spray, which is great if you've got any new seedlings you put in the garden. Um, I've sprayed my fuchsias and my hydrangeas with it because I know um, they have a hard time over summer. But if you do that um, and cross your fingers um, and don't let it dry out um, today and over, over summer, it should come good. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. If you have sent us a text, and there has been an awful lot of you, <laughs> stay with us. We're going to get to Sav's Pick of the Week. On the other side, I'm going to get through a whole chunk of your text with Darren. We're going to do a quick a Quick, quick fire text, yep. text run and see if we can solve some of those. But before all that, it's coming up to 25 to 10. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Here we go now. I can't find my little notes that tell me why Sab wanted this pick this week, but she's picked one for us. You're going to do what you always do and tell us whether you liked it or whether you didn't. 0437 922 720. It's called Heaven and it's by Confidence Man. I think I'm right in saying. Here you go, Sab's pick of the week. (laughs) Baby, you're all that I want when you like. A few of your texts already rolling in. Pauline Leeming says, Hi, Rowanna. Good pick. Love this version by Confidence Man. Thank you. Pass that on to Sab. Fantastic song to get us up and about, says another. Heaven blah, yuck, says someone else. <laughs> yeah, we, we never quite have everyone one way or another. Vince is telling us there's a rave going on in his kitchen. <laughs> Sandy says, play the original. That was horrible. <laughs> you never quite know whether it's the original or the cover. 
In fact, we used to, on ABC um, Saturday Brekkie here in Perth, on ABC Radio Perth, we used to do a bit of a covers section and in the segment. And in the end, we were like, do you know what? Everyone just likes the original the most. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not often too. that. Your memory. Yeah, exactly. Bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, you can keep your thoughts coming through 0437 922 720. That's also the number you need. If you've got a question, you want to send a photo, you can do it again uh, on the MMS, on the messenger line, which is much easier. You can also um, give us a call, 1300 720. Love it, says someone else. Got my glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get through rapid fire texts in just a moment. We're going to take Emma's call. She's in North Frio. Hello, Emma. Hi. Tell us, you've got a ponytail palm. Tell us about it. Okay, so Sabrina, I bought the ponytail from um, someone on Marketplace back in March. And they'd had it for about 40 years. It was living outside and it had outgrown its pot. So it had literally burst the pot. Yep, normal. Um, and, yes, I purchased it. I um, put it in a pot. That, um, I don't know if you've seen the photos that I I'm sent I'm looking through, at the photo. It's in quite a shallow bowl. And it looks yes. like you've got it indoors. Yes, I did bring it inside. Mm. But it's next to full height no. um, windows. Not enough. Not enough. It needs, it needs to be outside. No, definitely outside. It needs yeah, okay. it's not gonna do well inside. Pop it outside okay. and it'll be happy and it'll, you know, flourish. Okay, great. And um I've recently put some um some feed onto it. Yeah. Um is just should I just be doing that in spring, like once a year to do that? Um, I put, it's, I put um, what perlite and propagating sand in with the potting mix when I replanted it. Um, I would actually start feeding it um, because it, it'll be putting on growth in summer. It's um, that sort of a plant. Um, I would be yep. feeding it with once you've got it outside with some liquids. I really like um, liquid fert that's um, brown. Um, you'll find a okay. few different the coloured brown ones at your yes. um, nursery. I'll be using that. And the other thing I love for anything in a pot are those prills, so the coats, so the coated fertilisers. There's lots of different brands they're all good whatever you can get for good price they're the number one thing for every potted plant beautiful great thank you emma appreciate your call this morning 1300 720 if you would like to do the same let's get through some of these texts darren question for the gardening program the flowers on my little mulla mulla are drying beautifully but there are no green bits should i prune the flowers or leave it alone says lee Makes no difference. Mala mala, short-lived. Um, if you get two years out of them, you're doing well. Okay, there you go. Uh, good morning, Darren and Ro- Roses. Began the chili thrip regime early, but now all plants absolutely covered with mite. Have used potassium soap spray. So far, no improvement. Any other advice for Maureen? Yes, potassium soap spray is what. not my choice. I use a product with um, – I use a combination of success, which has got a naturally occurring um, saw bacteria on it. I use that. Um, alternated every seven to ten days with neem oil, and I've my roses are looking good. But today, um, or tomorrow, when it cools down, we're starting the program again. Um, it's a, a, a summer a summer thing. If you can 
get rid of it, you'll have um, a little while over spring and winter where it's no problems, but we're going to have to keep treating in summer if you want to grow roses. Okay, perfect. Thank you, uh, Darren, Maureen, and, and everyone else listening. If you miss an answer or just want to listen back to it again, just a reminder that you can um, you can download the Roots and Shoots podcast if you're that way inclined and, and do the podcast thing. Otherwise, it does stay up on our website for some period of time. So go to abc.net.au slash Perth. Find Saturday Brecky, um, find Roots and Shoots, I'm sorry, and then um, have a listen back to the episode. It'll be up uh, later this weekend and you can listen back to the advice that Darren is giving to you or giving to someone else. Um, Gay is in Esperance. Can you please give me the tips on growing garlic? I came in on the finish, but now's not the time for no, planting no. garlic. May, oh no, um, March, April's the time for planting garlic. Um, you can put it 10 centimetres apart, improve your soil before you start, um, buy some Australian garlic, break it into small cloves. Um, Sabrina will remind people <laughs> when, right when it's the right time. And on the other end, Bruce in Denmark said, what's the process of harvesting garlic? <laughs> um, well, you pull it up when the leaves start to die back um, and then you dry it out a bit in the shade um, to harden up the bulbs. Um, okay. That's what you do. Um, and also to make it not quite so spicy. As we learnt this morning. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jan says, hi, I seaside hibiscus roots invasive. Um, actually, I've got it growing in a really small area and it's not bad. So that seaside hibiscus is hibiscus tiliaceae, normally rubra is the variety we grow. Um, it's really tough as old boots, but it hasn't. I've had it growing for 10 years and it hasn't moved any of my paving. Okay. So, um, But with all tree roots, on every single tree you plant, you need to get out there over summer and give it a deep, deep water with the hose because you want the roots to go down deep if you just give it a little sprinkle on the top the roots are going to come up disturb the paving get into walls get into buildings but you should never have something like this planted very close to your building okay uh mary would like to know if she can put black tea on her pot plants you can but don't use too much i preferred in the um in the compost but um, my mum had an umbrella tree that was very sad we lived in Fremantle and I think the only reason it ever got going was that he used to empty the teapot on it (laughs) so I think it was the only compost it ever got. Good morning ladies right Sharon in Gooseberry Hill I have onions in a wicking bed how long do I leave them in the bed once they start flowering I was told to bend the stalks over which I did two weeks ago should I harvest now and hang? I think it's time to harvest now and hang. Um, the thing with the wicking bed, if you've only got onions in it, you can reduce the type of the amount of water they're getting to by turning the drain around. Wicking beds are fabulous, and I would not grow vegetables any other way in WA. Mm, there we go. Uh, and Jill in Gwellup, we've heard this one before. Can you please advise on how to get rid of citrus wasp? Have cut the tree right back, but it has appeared again. And on my adjoining citrus, please help. Right. Um, cutting back's the best way, but there is a product on the market now, which is a kaolin clay, which is white, that you can spray on the branches, which will stop them um, going on it. Um, so that's what I would be trying. I haven't used this product yet, but um, one of the nurseries was telling me all about it. So I think it's worthwhile giving it a, giving it a go because I actually went into the uh, freezer this morning looking for some berries to go into a smoothie and I found all my little bits of um, 
um, cut off citrus gall wasp bits that I'd been in the freezer. I think they've been there for months and months. It happens when you get just down the bottom. Of that next step, yeah, yeah. After that one. All right, we'll come back to more of your texts, and uh, Michael, just hang on the line for us, and we will be with you in just a moment. Let's get the latest from Mickey. Roots and shoots, gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. We're just coming up to 10 to 10. Your last chance, you can give us a call if you'd like to, 1300 222 720 and get Darren to give you a hand, as Michael has done down in Denmark. Hello. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good. Good. You're growing red cabbages, I I read. Yes, yes. I've I've planted red cabbages and savoy cabbages. The savoy cabbages are long gone. They are excellent. But the reds are just starting to form hearts that would be probably the size of a small navel orange. And I'm just wondering whether I should uh, persevere with them, given that they're, they're not really a summer vegetable. But going into summer, should I leave them in or am I wasting my time now? I wouldn't be leaving them in because it's going to get hot. And all of those brassicas, they are plants that we grow through winter. But um, I have to tell you that red cabbages in summer, sliced up, made into coleslaw, delicious. So yeah. that's what I would be doing. So I'd be... <laughs> If you've got a little heart that you can use, um, I'd be pulling it out because then they're going to get every pest known to man, every pest <laughs> over summer. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. I can, I, I can make way for my uh, eggplants. Good idea. <laughs> Perfect time for eggplants. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Irma is in Hammersley. Good morning, ladies. Can you please identify what is eating my tomatoes? What would you be guessing I there, Darren? I think it's Darren? a little solanacy bug that's getting in and little caterpillars are going in. So I would be spraying with like a um, with like a chilli and garlic spray, putting something that's got a little bit of um, oil in to keep stop them landing on the tomatoes. That's what I would be doing. Um, and also telling people now that it's time to start thinking about 30% shea cloth for over your tomato plants. It's, it's hot today. Mm. Gonna, uh, it's going to be nice next week. But if you haven't got a set up, I will be thinking about 30%, no more. All right. And can you help Stu? G'day, says Stu. I'm wondering if it's best to leave chilli plants and let them grow for years or rip them out every season? Um, Rip them out every season. They are a short-lived perennial, so you can get them to live for a couple of years. But um, we've done the experiment, and if you put new ones in every day, they're much more productive than the old ones. But they, they'll survive. Okay. Interesting text from Liz in Hammersley. Hi, ladies. Just listening to your show and smiling at Darren's freezer containing citrus gall. I treat mine differently. I wrap them in foil and bake them at a high temp for half an hour. Not only are they well and truly dead, but I have a lovely lemon smell in my kitchen as well. She's really good. I've actually microwaved them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Um, nuked yeah, them? Yeah, nuked them. But that is a bit cruel when I thought about it afterwards. So um, I know that the entomologists um, use the freezer because it's the kindest way. And they are a you know, sentient being, so we should try and be kind when we can. There we go. Colleen is in Boyup Brook. Hello, Colleen. Hello. I've had some foamy substance on a lot of my plants. I have mostly natives, um, but it's on exotics and natives. It's a little foam blob, and inside that foam is a little black insect. Yep. Can it's you a, help me? Yep, it's a little insect that does that. It doesn't do any harm. Um, it's 
I think they call it the spittle beetle or something like that. Um, doesn't do any harm. Um, you can hose it off if you don't like it. Um, you know, th there's a whole myriad of insects out there that are not doing us any harm, so leave them alone. Right. Okay, that's great. So it's not going to chew up everything. No, no. I mean, there are lots of chewing things out there, but, you know, that's, that's life. Yeah. Everyone deserves Broad a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good on you, Colleen. Thanks for giving us a call. Mary's in Armadale. G'day, Mary. Oh, hello. Good morning. Good morning. And hello, Sabrina. How are you? Oh, it's it's Darren. Darren today. Sabrina's probably really well because she's in New Zealand on a garden <laughs> tour, so I bet she's having a wonderful time. I, look, I've got a quick question, please. I, I got some of these. They're, um, they're called epiphyllums. Um, yep, cactus. Um, yep. They're like orchid oh, cactus. Yeah. I'm just wondering the best way to fertilize those. I mean, I've, I've been told low nitrogen. And when you Google it, a lot of the products give you these dilutions, but they're all these things being in America, sort of. Thing. I would be buying an orchid an orchid fertiliser for it. But if I wanted oh, okay. to know more, I would actually <laughs> go today to the Cactus and Succulent State Championship and Show, which is on um, at the South Perth Community Centre, um, because they will have all of the experts there and they will be able to, you know, they're, they're specialists. And um, you can talk to the growers. It's only $5 to get in and they have really good morning teas. You won't get a better value <laughs> morning tea there oh. with homemade cake. Don't so, leave me astray with cream tea. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly because I haven't been there yet but um, you know it, it's really good and what's really exciting about the succulents is there's so many young people involved. Mm. So people think about gardening and, and older people but when it comes to, to vegetables growing and um, the succulents they're full of young people and I find that really invigorating. Yeah, well, I will give my age away. Okay. <laughs> around the middle, around the middle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I always say I'm, I'm middle-aged, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> oh. Thanks very much. Thanks, Bye. Mary. Appreciate your call. To the texter who sent us the text that says, you listening to Roots and Shoots with a question mark? Yeah, we're listening to Roots and Shoots. I'm not sure if that text was directed for us, probably meant to be for someone else, but you've actually sent it to the Roots and Shoots number. Okay. <laughs> We're not, oh, you're thinking we're about not that. just listening, we're producing it. <laughs> oh, we're doing a lot. That gave me a giggle. I know what it's like when you send, you're thinking about someone and you're meant to send the text to someone else and you end up sending it to that person. It can get you in all sorts of trouble. Um, Miss in Hilton has sent us a text, Darren. Is there anything I can do to improve the sand in a hot corner gets midday and afternoon sun in order to plant natives? Um, next to, is it Maya Lemon? Maya. Maya lemon and a struggling um, bougainvillea. One wall is limestone. I need to clear and dig onion weed out of one edge, but wondering how I can bring the desiccated soil back to life while still being suitable for natives, please. Um, I would be digging in a little bit, depending which natives you're going to put in, um, because if you choose local area natives, they should be able to grow in your sand. But if you want to put in something a little bit more exotic, you could dig in a little bit of clay, not too much. Um, I love kaolin clay. That's my number one favourite. And I dig a little bit of compost in too. But the, probably the most important thing would be to apply some wetting agent because I reckon that soil is hydrophobic. And things like microbes can't live in the soil that's not getting any moisture either. So everyone's trying to build up their soil and have good soil life. But if it doesn't get any 
moisture either from the rain or from retic the microbes can't live okay. or multiply beautiful uh we've got a text here from someone who forgot to put their name on it they've got a couple of questions but we've got time to get to them both i reckon morning ladies um i've got two questions one relates to two street trees planted by the council both of those are native gums and one is growing very very well whilst the new shoots on the other wither and die any ideas why that might be the case um, well, we don't know what life it had before it got planted out. Mm. Sometimes, I mean, really, to be absolutely 100% honest, most of our natives will actually grow better from tube stock and very small. But, of course, if you're a council, you don't want to put that in. You want to put <laughs> something bigger in. Um, my neighbours actually had um, one tree that died and it was getting shade from the other one. Uh, it had two natives in there. One was a Vitrix, a Eucalyptus Vitrix, and the other one was a Corymbia physifolia, and the physifolia has just gone. So um, I'm not sure. We don't know what's happening in the soil or what happened beneath. So, yeah, we're not sure. And she's got a rat problem too. Yes. <laughs> We've all, everyone's got a rat problem. Um I don't know what the solution is. The answer is much bigger than we've got, but you need to get you and your neighbours, everyone has to have a go if you're going to try and reduce the rat problem. We did two years ago and it hasn't been as bad since. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, to the texter with the misfired text, they've updated us. They've just realised it was meant to be to their ex. <laughs> At least it was a polite exchange. It could have been a yeah, whole lot more well, entertaining than that. they a good relationship if they want them to be looking after their garden. Well, maybe, maybe it was the breaking point. Yeah. Maybe it was the managing the garlic or the something else that just, you know, they're, they're sorting that all out now. Thank you for um, updating us on that. That just fills in the background. Lynn is in West Pinjarra. Hello, Lynn. Oh. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Lynn. Hello. How can Hello. we help you, Lynn? <laughs> um, is it too late to uh, establish a new garden, you know, because it's the end of the year? Um, yeah. Well, it depends on you. What I would do is I actually would get my soil really sorted out. I would be out there digging in my kaolin clay. What, what sort of garden are you going to establish, Lynn? Geraniums and natives. Okay, um, improving a bit of kale and clay, and you could put them in if you're going to be out there with the hose, but I would probably wait till it cools down. There we go, Lynn. Good luck with that. We were running right towards the end of the program, so we can't inquire too much more <laughs> about what you're trying to do there, but hopefully that gives you a good guide otherwise. Give us a call next week um, and... Whoever is in, Sab's still away, and I think you're jetting off as well, Darren. Yeah, no, we'll be in to help us. Darren Thorpe. You might have Mark or you might have Digby. Mark or Digby. There we go. Um, thank you, Darren Thorpe, for My coming pleasure. in. We appreciate, as always. Thank you, Mickey Cusack, for um, doing all the things behind the scenes. And, of course, all of the fire updates and all the rest that have been going on this morning. We appreciate your company. Have yourself a great Saturday. It's 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.